We're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by the fine folks over at, where else? Geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy this show, and I think you do, the best way to help us out is just spread the word. Uh, tell everybody that you enjoy listening to Geek in the City Radio on whatever social media platform you use, as well as giving us a five-star review on sites like iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Those reviews go much farther than you would ever imagine in helping us climb the metrics, which uh, just gets us more listeners, which just makes us a bigger and more nerdier family for everyone to enjoy, which we're going to do right now with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. And I'm your other other host, Cable Hashitani. <laughs> and we are sans one Denise slash Binarita today. Um, because according to her text, uh, she is now existing in bed with her bones outside her body, telling her, why don't you just die? Uh, AKA, she had her second COVID shot yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So that tells me what I have to look forward to next week. Oh, you get your second one next week? Yep. Are you a Pfizer? Are you a Pfizer man? I am a Pfizer man. Yeah. Pfizer that was Moderna, man. which Pfizer I think is like... <laughs> is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got anti-RNA COVID something blood. <laughs> something, something like that. Does he yeah. still wear a mask? Yes, he does, because he's not an ass. Look out. Here comes the Pfizer man. That's pretty good, actually. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I feel like the Ramones would have respected that one. Oh, now I want to listen to that Saturday morning album. Oh, my God. Do you actually, you know, they finally released that on actual vinyl? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I did not know that. That is which, wild stuff. Well, look at which, that. Let's be dated. I'm make a fucking Johnny Carson reference. Hi, kids. We're getting old. That was old when I was a kid. Yes, it was. Yeah, but I was uh, that kid. Uh, yes. Yes. Ha. Ha. I'll be your Edmund. You are correct, sir. I, think. <laughs> um, I don't know why that triggered the fact that uh, this is not an ad. But you are a person who appreciates uh, the Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh, I almost literally like 20 minutes texted you like, Cable, you probably know this already, but... Shout Factory. <sighs> releasing Shout a Factory. special edition Blu-ray this We summer. should actually get them as a sponsor because they have... I can't speak for Denise, but they have you and I on point. Like, they know oh, yeah. our soft <laughs> targets. <laughs> like Every time it's like, hey, look what we're making. Fine, here's my money. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I I saw that got eh, that went up on their Twitter yesterday, and I'm like, well, I'm buying that. <laughs> yeah, w- it, no question. Yeah, I still need to order the uh, the Event Horizon. Oh, really? You haven't, I still haven't got it. it? No, you know, and it's it's a totally dumb reason why too. Go on. Because I keep hoping, and this doesn't make any sense, because why would I still not enjoy this version? I keep hoping in my deepest, darkest horror heart that that footage of the director's cut is still out there fucking somewhere. It's not. I know. know I I think even they've even admitted that they're like, it's gone. Like, no one can find it. It probably got destroyed. But I'm like, but I... It is lost to the annals of time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm not like some fucking wanky release the Snyder cut, restore the Snyder Eater. I just want to see... Because the movement we got is good. I love Event Mm -hmm. Horizon. I mean, is it a great movie? No. No. Is it a fun movie and a great piece of like space horror schlock? Fuck yeah, it is. And I fucking love it. But, you know, you would read about things they shot. I was like, oh... Not that it would change the movie, but I was like, ah, that'd be cool to see. Mm -hmm. Ah, that'd be cool. I'd love to see that. That still might be his best movie ever. The director. Oh, who's the director? I always want to say Paul W.S. Anderson. But if you're not, I'm always afraid I'm confusing my Andersons. Oh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah. Oh, so Resident Evil, Paul W.S. Yeah. Anderson. Yes, yeah. Really? That I think ex- so. That explains a lot of that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he's... Yeah. Y- you know, you can bag on his films all you like, but they're entertaining. That that guy has never failed to entertain me. Yep, and I... Uh, with, well, I'll bet he's never failed to uh, provide an ROI. Oh, now, when you factor international numbers? No. I still think on paper, Mia Hovovich is the most profitable female action star in history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I take it back. He has disappointed me twice. Um, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is fucking awful. awful. Remember the part where they get in those balls and travel through the earth? No. In those weird, like, pachinko... Deliberately forgotten all of that movie. Yeah, that one's bad. And uh, Resident Evil Nemesis is awful. The yes, second Resident Evil movie is yep. unforgivably those are, bad. Those are the only two that I can think yeah. of that I'm like, no, I, I don't ever need to watch either of those ever again. I even like Azani vs. Predator, which is ri- a ridiculous film. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. He, he did a thing on screen that uh, you don't normally do, and yeah. I did appreciate it which is you he killed a child on screen hell yeah he did and <laughs> most movies do not do that like, that was the second one i think if they kill if they kill a kid it's always off camera it's always implied it's never nope that's graphic blood and i'm sure it has something to do with well we can't do that to a kid it's going to traumatize them it's like even if it, it's fake and we tell them it's fake they don't know it's like eh. <laughs> and also he's like ah you took your kid to an r-rated movie that's on mm-hmm. you mm-hmm uh, I went to this whole rant one time that the thing that ruined this is going to get me in trouble. The thing that ruined Spielberg movies is he had fa- he had a family. 
when it when it comes to like I'm not talking about like Schindler's List, which is a beautiful piece of work. I'm talking about his like run of the mill. You know, you could argue that Spielberg created the blockbuster with Jaws, mm-hmm. and the Spielberg who made Jaws compared to the Spielberg of now. The Spielberg of now would not have had a gushing fountain of blood in the ocean when the kid is killed by the shark. He doesn't do it. Uh, case in point, when he made War of the Worlds and the fucking kid survived, the older kid survived joining the army to fight the aliens. It's like, no, the, the Spielberg of 1978, that kid dies mm-hmm. as an example of don't be foolish and join the military to fight aliens because they're not ready to fight aliens. No. Yeah. yeah. So. Whew. A little rant in there. I am. Uh... Speaking of War of the Worlds, um, mm-hmm. I've been reading through my back catalog of Sage Ojimbo, getting ready for our game. Ooh, yeah, I'm excited. And I think I have a, I think I have a date. Um, just wrangling that one player. <laughs> Always wrangle one player, right? Oh, dude, you're you're talking to a 30 plus year DM. Yes, yep. there's always oh, the one. There's always one. And I'm um, and I'm the one half the time. I fully admit it. Yeah, you're not the one this time. No, I'm in a I'm in another Trek game where I've missed two out of the three adventures. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know I said I could, and then something happened and I can't. Yep. But so I've been going through the back catalog of stuff and I came across a mini series that I collected and never read. Because I opened it up, I'm like, I have never read this ever. <laughs> really? Yep, and it's uh, Senso, the Sagi Ujimbo Senso, which takes place 20 years in the future of uh, of the Sagi Ujimbo storyline, where Jotaro is an adult uh, Lord Mifuni, not Mifuni, um, the little panda. Uh, he's an adult. Um, I think it's F- Fujiwara? I don't remember. Anyway, um, and again, the rhino is has become a retainer to the same lord, and they're finally having their their giant battle against Lord Hikiji, and right. the battle is pitched. It's going eh, sort of well. Like Jotaro gets a- attacked on the field, and Usagi loses his mind and just grabs the Lord's horse, rides into the field, and just starts mowing down samurai <laughs> because he's Usagi. Right. Um, and then the, the battle is interrupted by a spaceship that crashes in the middle of it, and suddenly it's War of the Worlds. It is literally the, the plot of War of the Worlds. Like, the aliens come out, build tripods, they start attacking feudal Japan. And this is Stan Sakai who did this? Yes. Did he just wake up one day and said, you know what? Aliens. Aliens versus Samurai. It's my comic. I'll do whatever the fuck I want. It really is. Like, this was it. Yeah. And uh, When did that come out? I don't know. Well, Dark Horse still had the license. 2014. You know, before they screwed that up. Oh, man. Yeah, never mind. That... No, um, the the aliens, uh, the Martians in this in the st- story are shaped like taco. 
so they call them taco people. They're giant. They're octopus, land land roaming octopus. Yeah. Sorry, my, our our upstairs neighbor had sushi, so I already had sushi on the brain, and then you mentioned taco, and I'm like, God damn it! Mm. That's I the... feel guilty eating octopus though. Oh, I I gave it up. I'll still eat squid. Until they can prove to me that squid is also as smart as octopi, octopus. It's because they're smarter than we are. That's why I feel bad. They are. And they're aliens. Yeah. Like, the, the more, you know, the more research that they do, that keeps putting out, oh, yeah, they're, they have too many things that do not match any other life form on the planet. I mean, they're also assholes, though. I mean, there's plenty of video of octopi, octopuses, whatever, just killing something because it annoyed them. Not because they were hungry, just because they thought, like, nah, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's video footage of them straight up, like, it's just swimming along and straight up punches another mm-hmm. fish or a seal or something. Mm-hmm. Just well, there was that up a, a tentacle. There was that aquarium that they kept introducing this shark. Mm-hmm. And it would show up, they would saw it like two days later, like, oh, the fucking shark is dead. The shit. They put another shark in, it died. And then one day they hooked up a camera and realized the octopus knew that the humans were there when the lights were on. But when the lights were off, there was no human. And the octopus was like, fuck you, put another fucking predator in this tank. Did you just say octopus. <laughs> well, that was implied. Yes. Uh, full disclosure, I'm a little high, not because I am doing any drugs, but because I had to spray this anti-mold uh, primer paint in my basement. So the good news is I can breathe really well because there's no more mold. Bad news is a little high from paint fumes. Yay. Yeah. You know, one is easier to deal with than mold. So, you know. This is true. Um, Norm, we're going to get to Falcon and Winter Soldier and all that stuff. We'll talk about that towards yeah. the end. Uh, Although, fucking it, like Rev Nat's in the chat. Yes, I see. Thoughts on the new Dune? Oh, that's cool. Is it out yet? That's co- it's pretty soon. I've heard rumblings from people that have seen it. That's kind of all I can say because I'll get in trouble if I mention who saw it. Mm-hmm. And they have said that it's phenomenal. That if you can afford to rent a theater with like 10 of your closest friends, do that. If you're into Dune, if you're not into Dune, and like, don't do it. Okay. I, I Apparently it's I, it's dirt cheap, like a hundred bucks. You could rent an entire theater right in the screen right now. So you get five of your friends, it. you know. Don't get me wrong. There's a part of me that wants to do that. I saw Godzilla versus Kong on my TV, and part of me is like, I kind of want to get a couple friends, just smuggle in some beers and just watch Godzilla and Kong beat the shit out of each other again. There were certainly some moments in. Uh... Wonder Woman 84 that the shots, I'm like, oh, this is this scene would have been really good on the big screen. Mm-hmm. The thing I really miss is sound. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. unless you're stupid rich and you have your own personal theater, no home setup can match the sound of like an epic film. And those theaters are designed to do that. That's what yeah. I really miss is that great sound. Um, well, apparently it's October. Oh. October is when it comes out. Well, that's fine. Uh, Sack said, how about them Knicks? 
I know he's being ironic because why would you ask this show about basketball? Unless it's Space Jam. Don't. No, you watch football. You're not. You don't watch basketball. I watch soccer. Football. Yeah, but you also watch. Well, you I also used watch, to. It, it's more you follow the Bills. It's more I'm disappointed by the Bills. It's it's more like I'm in a horrible relationship thing. that I just can't let somebody go. You yeah. know, it's like you know they're gonna cheat on you again. Like yeah, but look at them. And you know when it's good, it's so good. Like they're a great kisser. They cook really well. But you're gonna fucking break your heart. Yeah, I know. Like that's that's me and the Bills. Uh, yeah, that's I saw a person right. outside today with a Bills hat, and I couldn't help it. As I walked past through my mask, I said, "Go Bills!" The guy's like, "Go Bills!" <laughs> Dude, I understand. That was yeah. my ex-wife. My ex-wife is a Bills fan. I thought you said your ex-wife was basically like being the Bills. Oh no, but, she okay. was. She was a Bills fan. Oh yeah, no, we're. Which, I mean, she was from Buffalo, so. But. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the one good thing you'll say about Bills fans, at least from my experience as myself, um, like, you know, like you can't get every time you see fans like, oh, it's so hurt. It came so close. And I'm like, yeah, you know, eventually, you know, losing the art form, too. And you just have to get good at it. You got to practice it. You got to practice the art of the graceful loser. And, you know, you will one day become a Bills fan. So yeah, Zach is getting all uh, snarky with us. It's like, I know. dude, I don't know who the hell the Knicks are. <laughs> I have no, I haven't seen the show called The Nick, which I heard is amazing. Yes, yeah, but mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. Yeah. Well, we can dive into Falcon and Wonder Soldier. Do you want to do that now, or did you want to save that for the end? We can save it for the end. But oh. full disclosure, we don't have a whole lot going on. Um, Cable's been busy, and this is the first day that I have felt human in almost three weeks. My allergies are so bad, I was actually put on real prescription strength Sudafed. Not the fact that you, not like you get a prescription to get regular Sudafed. I've been put on the strong Sudafed, and then told to take double Allegra every day a prescription strength eye drop and my breathing got so bad that they reactivated my little steroid inhaler to give my lungs a kick. Like that's how, that's how bad allergies have been. Like it has been brutal. So I've been a mix between can't breathe, just sitting in a heap of my own congestion or I can kind of breathe but my heart's going like 120 beats a minute because I'm on so many uppers just to like keep my lungs working that I, I, it was a few days ago. I was literally standing in the kitchen and just turning my head and looking around. And finally, like Jen took her headphones off from work and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I was like Hunter S. Thompson. I was like, what? What do you mean? What am I doing? She's like, what are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? Are you okay? I don't know. I came in here for something. She's like, are you hungry? Maybe. I'm going to go lie down. Like That's like, those are the meds that I've been on. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. 
today yeah, was the go, first day I've been human. So if you go full on um, Thompson, that's a, that says something. Yeah, I was one more albiterol hit from being like, I can't stop in my kitchen. It's bat country, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I did do that once. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I did that one time. I literally was coming out of my bathroom and Jen said something. And I went, huh. and I flailed at the air. She's like, what? I was like, I just, when you said something, I saw something come out of your mouth. She's like, my voice? Uh-uh. And then I just went back to the couch and like watched cartoons. That's pretty much all you can do when mm-hmm. you're at that level. Yeah, so... Um, so let's see. Uh, Beck said, are we going to watch the new Space Jam? I am. I'm not. Yeah? I've never watched the first one, I, so I don't have any attachment to it. I don't either. I just love the Looney Tunes characters, and I will watch anything with new Looney Tunes characters. That's that's my thing. Uh, that's the next leg, collectible uh, Lego minifigure set. <gasps> Looney, Looney Tunes, Tunes, really? Yep. Mm-hmm. But are they Space Jam ones, or are they just... It does have Lola Bunny. That's fine. That... I would love them to is... go like go deep and have like the hair monster and, you know... Nope, it's it's everyone that you expect. Um, I'll see if I can dig up a photo. Um, but yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the, what the, fuck? the weirdest fucking thing about the newest Space Jam is how like Warner Brothers is said and any pictures I've seen seems to verify that mm-hmm. every Warner Brothers character is somewhere in the background at some time in that movie and I don't mean like you know oh they're gonna have like Batman and Superman in the background like like Warner Brothers produced a clockwork orange which means you know they're in the fuck there's already somebody already found them in the stands at the big game. Great. So, yeah, that's that's fucking weird to have, you know, Drudes or whatever, you know, cheering on Lola Bunny as she's dunking. It's just, it's very strange. It's, 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 and it's also weirdly genius because I think this is also a way for them to legally lock in every character they own for another 70 years for copyright. Oh, weird. Because it's new well, because it's new content. Right. Yeah. Um I do appreciate the slight meta irony because they've showed a picture of Nicholson's Joker courtside, which if you know Nicholson's thing for basketball, that like that's kind of meta on a couple levels. So I appreciate that. That works. I can track that. <clears throat> uh I just put a link in the YouTube chat. I'll put it in our chat so you can go take a look at it. Right. Um, uh, yeah, someone says it seems like a cash grab. Well, I mean, one could argue that every movie is a cash grab. It you is. Know. Every yeah. every every modern kind of blockbuster movie. I mean, every movie wants to make money. That way you can keep making movies. But like, you know, everyone I hear like, do they really need to make a sequel to dot, dot, dot? I'm like, well, no, but they wanted money. So, yeah, I guess. If you don't want them to make these things, don't go... Like, if you don't want to see... Every year, you're like, oh, Hollywood's out of ideas. Nothing but remakes and sequels. I'm like, well, then quit going to them. Mm-hmm. Like, if they start to lose money, Hollywood will start to do something else. But 
y'all keep telling them that you dig it because you give money to them. That, that's why the whole myth of uh, capitalism and you know the free market will you know, decide for itself. It's like, no, that's all bullshit. <laughs> Ooh, I kind of want a Speedy Gonzalez and a Marvin the Martian. Yeah, like indi- like individually, <laughs> there are a couple that I'm like, oh, that would be fun. But overall, yeah. I'm like, yeah, they're yeah. neat. I don't need these in my collection. Yeah, I mean, they're not that dissimilar to like when Disney does minifigs. I mean, yeah, and those I some of those I wanted more, but usually the villains like I have an Ursula and I have a Maleficent. Mm. Well, it looks like this Lego set for Looney Tunes is kind of your basic. Because there are some deep cut, deep cut Looney Tunes characters that would be fun. Oh, yeah. Like if they did like Viking Elmer Fudd. Um, awesome. If you notice, there's no Elmer Fudd at all. Right, I know. There's no Yosemite Sam. Do you think it's because they use guns? No, and I it's don't. Warner Brothers being... Really? Uh Considering how heavily armed the entirety of the Marvel Lego universe is. Mm. But maybe it's a Warner Brothers thing, though, where they're trying to. Then none of their, none of the DC superheroes would be armed. And they're just oh, as heavily armed. Okay, you're right. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. In days I... of old, yes, I would agree with you. <clears throat> but I think Lego has taken a different stance. As yeah, far yeah, as yeah. weaponry and their minifigs. Like, I'm God still surprised. Like, I think that started to go away the second that they produced, oh, yeah, we should totally make a Deadpool Lego minifig. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, they did, and I own it. I do uh, appreciate the uh, the Tasmanian Devil with its separate base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's with pretty good. Spinning. Yeah, and also a petunia pig. That she's a relatively deep cut. She is. I think it's so that they can have not just all male figures. Yeah. Um, um, but like, so you, Simone Sam is missing. Elmer Fett is missing. Debbie right. LePew is missing. I think that he's going to continue to be missing. Yeah. Um, I. But, but that could be round two. You could also throw in Witch Hazel and um, <laughs> is. Yeah. What what is the name of the big red monster with the sneakers? I don't remember. I always call him is the hair Mo- monster. Is it Mortimer? Maybe. Someone in the chat will know. Someone in the chat yeah. will know and they will say and they will chastise us for And we need the frog eventually. Michigan J Frog. Michigan yes, J definitely. Frog, yeah. Um I mean I think you can do an entire need... bug's line of his different costumes. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that would be that would be fantastic. Yeah, uh, I would like a Carmen Miranda Bugs Bunny. Oh yeah, I want the one. Uh, well, I want a Barbara Seville one, Carmen Miranda, Valkyrie, Valkyrie Bugs. La dee dee da 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 da. Hocus Cadabra. It's one of the that, best episodes that ever. Count Dracula. Oh yeah, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I can't talk Abracadabra, about that. Abracadabra, I am a vampire. Abracadabra, Abracadabra, I'm an empire. I want to say, also speaking personally, I am glad that Speedy Gonzalez is there. I know there was that moment when um, white guilty, like white guilt America wanted to cancel Speedy Gonzalez. 
until they realize that all of Mexico loves Speedy Gonzalez. Hmm. He's adored in Mexico. Yeah, he's great. He's great. He's but a hard I, work. Yeah, he's got the act, whatever, but he's a hard who we don't like is Slowpoke Rodriguez. That's a that's a character that yeah, we, that's could do. we could do without the Slowpoke. But everyone in Mexico fucking loves Speedy Gonzalez. Who doesn't love Speedy Gonzalez? Because he gets it over on the man mm-hmm. to steal cheese mm-hmm. and to save the people. I think that's mm-hmm. what he does. The pussycat is the Spanish. And he screws him over to get cheese for his people. Yeah, that's that tracks. Yeah. Uh, Gossamer. Oh, um, it's got okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sack reminded us it's gossip. God, Sack is like a wealth of endless knowledge. I, I think much to uh, his credit and his own chagrin. Mm-hmm. I think there are times that he would would like to be blissfully ignorant because then it would so, make it easier for him to get through the day. I feel bad for acting in the chat because Natcha said Dune Spice Jam. And then Norm said, now all I can ever see is Sting and his leather chonies slam dunking from the three-point line. Well, you know what? Now that's all we're going to fucking see. That's great. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) With what? Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. That's, that's whole. Um, Yeah. Norm just said, it's weird that they took out Pepe Le Pew but are keeping the Droogs in the Space Jam movie. Because the Droogs also do horrible things in that movie. But let's mm-hmm. remove Pepe Le Pew from the Space Jam movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, children won't get the Clockwork Orange reference until they're adults. Uh, no, they, no, they won't. Whereas they have readily, readily accessible to Pepe Le Pew. I I, I sort of get it, but there yes, there's, there's a little bit of hypocrisy going on. It's true. Um, I mean, I was never a big Pepe Le Pew fan anyway, not because of you know, you know. I mean, now for other reasons. When I was a kid, it wasn't like I was like some like woke ten year old. Because who was? I just thought they were boring. Like Pepe Le Pew, Pepe Le Pew was always a one trick pony mm-hmm. in terms of jokes. And one could argue that Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote are also one-trick ponies. It's he can't catch it, but they're so funny because Pepe Le Pew only does one thing over and over again. One could argue that Wiley Coyote only tries to do one thing over and over again, but he does it in different ways, and they all fail. I I could watch Wiley Coyote fail all day long. There's um, there's still something very. <laughs> Very it's, remarkable about it because you, if you watch it, you watch him fail over and over, and he never gives up. Ever. And there's something, it's completely childish and dumb, but I could forever watch that overhead shot. I'm going to start giggling, think about it. And then that quiet, yep. or just that puff of smoke and dust. Like, it, it, like that joke sticks every single time. It sticks. Yep. Um, it just, yeah, it just popped. It works. Oh, so God. Well. Um, that yeah. when he's in the air and he puts a sign up that says cut, cut, cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to see uh, the, the Jekyll and Hyde version of Tweety Bird. 
Yeah. That would be another deep cut. One. Oh, God. You could kind of do... The only t- kind of the only Tweety Bird I like. I don't like Tweety Bird. No, because he's... Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do Granny. They could do a Granny. Oh, shit. They could do the little... Um... <clears throat> The little baby kangaroo. Oh, father. Father. When he puts him, the shame. The shame, father. Well, no, it's a baby Sylvester, not a baby kangaroo. Because he gets right. The baby kangaroo. Because he thinks it's a mouse and it's a baby kangaroo. There's no foghorn leghorn. Can we talk about foghorn leghorn really quick? Yes. A character whose foundation is clearly inspired by a highly romanticized and fake version of the South. Mm -hmm. And yet he works. It's because he is the, uh, (laughs) he's the parody of the. That's it. Plantation owning Southern Colonel. Yeah. It's the thing where like the people writing the foghorn leather and art foghorn leghorn are acutely aware of what they are satirizing and parroting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Him and the, uh, the the baby chicken. I'm a chicken hop. Yep. <laughs> that boy ain't right. <laughs> that boy ain't right. That boy ain't right. There is the uh, the wolf and the sheepdog. Sam and Ralph. Sam and Ralph. More than Sam. Ralph. More than Ralph. They'd be great. They're also deep cuts. Are they uh, really though? For sort of. Looney Tunes fans, are they deep cuts? Even even casual fans remember. They might say they might say you know the one with Wiley Coyote and the Sheepdog, not realizing that it's a technically different character. Right, that it's a red nose instead of a black nose, but mm-hmm. um, and it's a wolf and not a coyote. Right. Yeah. Um. I think they would also need to do um, Duck Dodgers. Yes. And Porky Pig is a sidekick. And then um, oh no, Robin Hood and Friar Tuck. Oh my god. I'm Robin Hood from Yonder Wood with little bow and arrow. <laughs> my first exposure to the awful concept of fencing was from that thrust pig strike. Um... Also, you're going to have to vamp for like a few minutes. I got to run upstairs really quick. I've had dog issues. I'm going to, um, okay, you go do that. I, but uh, I'm going to vamp on my own. This, yeah, well, here, fun. I'm going to give you a topic really quick to play about because mm-hmm. you mentioned Duck Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So something just got released like two days ago from like the Lucas vaults, from like George Lucas's own notes on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So initially, he did not want to open Star Wars with the John Williams fanfare on the scroll. He wanted to open it with the Duck Dodgers theme to let people know that don't take this movie too seriously. Wait, wait what? <laughs> okay, I, I'm. Eh, this is fun. I don't know how I'm supposed to vamp on that by myself other than the fact that that is absolutely ludicrous. Did I say Donald Duck? You said Daffy Duck. Um, huh. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine what that would have been like putting some sort of weird Daffy Duck, Duck Dodgers theme song in front of Star Wars instead of 
having the giant scroll of letters and the the John Williams theme. I think it's because it's become so iconic and I like that was the first thing I saw when I was six, seven years old. I don't remember how old I was when Star Wars came out. Um, hmm. Hmm. What says the chat about this? There's everyone also kind of mulling this over. Huh. That's really weird. Just goes to show that it's helpful not to give people a final cut. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's a very good point, Zach. Um, or at any point in their career. Like, movies are like... I respect artists being able to have a say in what they want to do, but they, when you're making a movie, you're not just making a piece of artwork, unfortunately. You are making a something that's commodifiable, and you you need to have not committee, but you need to have other voices to go, what if you told the story this way instead of the other way? It is really hard to vamp when it's just one person. You got really serious there, I could tell. Because <laughs> I just wanted to come back with more stupid Duck Dodgers anecdotes. Of which I have one. What's your, uh, what's your Duck Dodgers? My name? other anecdote is that people don't realize this, that since it happens in a Warner Brothers cat- cartoon connected to DC, Duck Dodgers is canonically a Green Lantern. They did an episode of... There was a new Duck Dodgers series that came out, I think, in the early 2000s on, like, Cartoon Network or or something. And I Mm -hmm. believe they had Jon Stewart show up and Duck Dodgers gets a ring. And he does his version of the oath. He's like, blackest day, darkest, something, something, evil, something, uh, uh, power, uh, green lanterns, might. So, canonically, Doug Dodgers is a lantern. And I approve of this. Yeah. I mean, you know, fill it Nort in. Why not? Yeah. Oh, Nort. Is that a squirrel? Nort? No. No, that's... They let a squirrel in. Yes, but the squirrel chip. Chip, that's right. Uh, the squirrel is useful. Nort it got let in because he's someone's nephew. Nort hey, That's is... how Guy Gardner got in. No, sorry. Not Guy that. Gardner, at once upon a before a traumatic head injury, yeah, was I a know. sane person, and that's that's who was, was given that, was that football coach coach era Guy Gardner? I don't I don't I remember that's how he started. I don't remember the details. I just know that there was a traumatic head injury, and that is why we got the eighties um, Rambofied version right. of Guy Gardner. And the reversion to who he would have been was right. after Batman punched him. And he suffered yet another traumatic brain injury. Eh. Sorry. I still Guy Gardner it. is not one of my favorite Green Lanterns. No, I, not mine either. But I do John like Stewart, him more than Nort. John Stewart might be my favorite. 
Uh, followed by Kyle. Mm. Um, I don't know. I always I hated Kyle's costume initially, but I always liked Kyle Rayner. I like the idea of an artist becoming a ring bearer. I the only thing I didn't like about Kyle's costume was his mask. It was the mask. It looked like, like weird... he was wearing a crab on his face the entire yep. time. That mask was awful. But the rest of it was fine. Yeah. Um, I, just... I like the concept of Kyle. Um, yeah. I do like Jon Stewart better. Right. And I don't care at all about Hal Jordan. I mean, sorry, I respect... I respect, I, don't. I respect Hal Jordan's place in history, but... I think it was super... Well, we're just jumping around. But we're all in Warner Brothers here. I respect, out of all the things that kind of came out of post-crisis, I do, and granted, the fall of Hal Jordan and the rise of Kyle was a few years after Crisis and Zero Hour and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I do respect the guts that DC at the time actually went like, no, Barry Allen's dead. Hal Jordan's gone crazy. Hal Jordan is dead. These are the new versions, and we're sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Those are arguably the only two, quote, mm-hmm. legacy characters they ever really did that with. And yeah, it changed in the mid-90s to kind of bring other characters back, but there's a there's a small slash of people that their their flash is not Barry Allen. It's it's Wally West. I and, am one of those people. Wally yeah, West and Wally West has like, been my flash. Got married, had kids, and Mm-hmm. Kyle Rayner for all his horrible starting with the fridging of his girlfriend like Kyle got his own arc and he became friends with Connor who mm-hmm. became the other green arrow like there was an era of DC storytelling that kind of still had some legacy characters but was well still had some OG legacy but was like but these it had characters that could prove that the mantle can be passed on mm-hmm. and you can still enjoy old stories if you still if you miss Hal Jordan, the stories are still there, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt like that was the like that was also when we got uh, Tim Drake, a favorite who, Robin. But yeah, yes, who proved to us it's like, oh, y- you can put together a Robin that is not Jason and is not Dick and is wildly different and yet still the same. Um, oh, exactly. And I think that that would have also been the time period where if you were going to move Gar, um, Garth um, into becoming Aquaman, that would have been time to do it. And yeah. then all of those characters could have been legacy. Yeah. there's There was an argument to be made that you could have elevated all the Titans to basically the JLA versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time, <clears throat> I don't remember what crossover it was now, but there was this whole there was this whole rumor going around that they were gonna actually kill Bruce Wayne. That Dick Grayson was gonna be the new Batman mm-hmm. and that Bruce Wayne was gonna die, but that he wasn't out. But that oh, I think it was during um when the Spectre was unchecked. Whatever that oh. crossover was. And there was the rumor that like oh shit, they're going to make Bruce Wayne the next host of the Spectre. And how do you track with that? This person who was so obsessed with justice having to keep the Spectre in line. 
Because the Spectre Unchecked is just like, you're jaywalking, die. Because that's the Spectre Unchecked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and me, as everyone knows, like I'm a diehard Batman fan. And even I was like, I'll read that. Like, I liked it, Grayson. I don't, okay, he can wear the cowl. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne is the Spectre. Okay, let's do it. Fucking A, I'll go for it. I dig it. It didn't happen, but um, but I also love that short era where Hal Jordan was the Spectre. I thought those were really good books. Mm-hmm. When he was like, no, you're not vengeance, you're redemption. I fucked up, you have fucked up, let's fix things on a galactic level. I thought those were beautiful books, and apparently only myself and Michael Ring did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but they had those gorgeous J.M. Diamatis covers, and Bray Fogo did covers. Ugh. John Ash. Okay, I'm just diving down the deep DC well now. Okay. Of what could have been. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> someone Bex asked, "Is guys anyone favorite?" No, no. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure someone, someone, somewhere. They've got like a subreddit, probably of a subreddit. But even then, it's probably ironically. I think half of them are ironic, and the other half actually think, "Yes, he's the best one," and they don't realize everyone else is doing it. Ironic. Guy Guy Garner is the John Walker of the DC. Here's how we lean into that shit. That that feels unfair to John Walker. (laughs) I don't think so. I think they actually have a very similar outlook. My favorite guy, Gardner, is the dude who owns a bar. Mm. When he became warrior for a while. <laughs> so dumb. But the idea of, like, you know, Guy Gardner running, like, basically a sports bar, mm-hmm. that totally tracks. Where superheroes can hang out and drink shitty-ass beer and eat buffalo wings mm-hmm. and talk about the good old days. I'm like, I would actually read the DC version of Cheers, where it's Guy Gardner. Come tell me your problems. I'd read that fucking book. I'd read that book in a heartbeat. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. It's got to be better than that fucking weird-ass crisis thing that Tom King wrote. The Heroes in Crisis book? Is that what that was? I have major issues with that. I didn't read it. You're not missing much. And I feel bad because, like, Tom King is currently, like, the comics god. So I'm yet again setting my DC career back another five years. I don't want to read your daddy issues. We all have them. Don't make it your career. Wait, hold up. I still wish I could have um, fought Dan DiDio in a cage match for editorial control of DC. I've 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 been a few private Discord channels where I know people that would have paid to watch that fight. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. Says the guy who just like fucking crucified Tom King. Yeah. He's a good technical writer. I just don't like his approach to character. And that's fair. Yeah. Seeing that's that's different. Like he's also apparently a nice guy. I'm not bagging on him. He's apparently a nice guy. Everyone enjoys work with him. I just his his stories don't click with me. It is important as a modern uh, consumer of any media to be able to recognize when something is of quality and it also not is your thing. 
Mexa said that she would pick Mogo over Guy. Well, everyone would pick Mogo. Mogo is a planet. Mogo is cool. Mogo has a better name than Guy Gardner. That's true. And Sack just said that as long as he wears the suit, new cap should be called Johnny Walker, red, white, and blue. <laughs> we have the best listeners. That's that's really clever. That's pretty good. Yeah. I can see the whiskey tie-in for that. Mm-hmm. Pick your patriot, red, white, or blue. This is the perfect spot to take a break and talk about our sponsors. First up, of course, we have our longest sponsor, Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They have all the kind of games you could ever want, even ones you didn't know you wanted. And for all you um, all you Warhammer folks out there, uh, the Blood God is pleased because there are all kinds of new uh, Warhammer products, from regular miniatures to the new board game setup that looks pretty sweet, but I don't have any more room for any more board games. The Cursed City, it does look pretty dope. Um, so yeah, if you feel like you want to get into that realm, Guardian Games can get you set up with all the miniature supplies, uh, all the paints and all the ways to create your own minis. Uh, you want to get real into it. They have stuff to create your own landscapes and designs and you can build entire worlds in like one thirtieth scale so that you can go roll dice about them and pretend to have epic battles and, and play with them like they're real. It's awesome. And not at all will prevent you from getting a date. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Some of the best people are gamers. Date gamers. Um, yeah. Actually, you know, one day when we can do that stuff, Guardian Games isn't a bad place to have a first date if you're, uh, you know, if you're potentially seeing a, a, a fellow uh, a fellow gaming geek. But not right now because there's no in-store gaming because of COVID. But uh, anyway, yes, Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you're there, thank them. For being the longest sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Just like our sponsor coming up next, Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. They are one of the greatest shops in all of Portland, and that is really, that is saying a lot in this town because we got a lot of killer comic book stores. But Bridge City Comics is one of the best. If you are enjoying Falcon and the Winter Soldier and you want to read more about that, um, check it out. I mean, if you want to go way far back, um, you need to check out the uh, the Brewbreaker run of uh, Captain America, where he introduces the Winter Soldier, and it ends up being like a hundred issues long. Like it's a pretty impressive run. I think you will have, uh, John, yeah, you will have a lot of fun with that. Of course, uh, Ed Brubaker and John and John Cassidy. So um, get on that comic. You can find it at Bridge City Comics. They will have. Any of the comics you're looking for, because remember, it is a format, not a genre, so it doesn't matter what type of story you enjoy reading, chances are there was a comic done in that style, and Bridge City Comics will have it. If they don't have it, and it's still in print, they can get it for you. They have a special order program as well. Basically, everything you need for your four-color fun is at Bridge City Comics. So when you're in there, placing your order and buying your funny bucks, thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. And finally, before we return to the show, a quick shout out to Reverend Nat of Reverend Nat's Hard Cider for keeping us with some better equipment so that we can all sound fantastic while we record from our various locations throughout the City of Roses. Without Reverend Nat, um, I think I would be the only one with a mic. I mean, you know, they all have mics, but... So, uh, big thanks to Reverend Nat, Rev Nat's Hard Cider, the official drink of the lockdown of 20. 20 forever let's get back to the show oh man 
Well, oh. should we roll into it then? Yes, right before we do that. So I rewatched or I watched another Loki, Loki trailer today. Mm, yeah. You know how everyone is bagged on the logo? Because Have the they logo, really? Yeah, because the logo is bad. Like every, Really? I love the logo. Except it for graphic designers. Every graphic designer I've known has looked at that and went, Why? Why are there four different fonts? Oh, I Why love it, it because like... I oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I I love it because I know it's grabbing fonts from every incarnation of him. So I love it. Which wasn't immediately like that makes sense to a comic fan. Yeah. To the casual viewer of the MCU, it looks like they their graphic design department got sloppy. It's like this is just a mishmash of fonts. Why did you do this? Especially when fans started putting together fonts where the O was the horn of Loki's helmet. It's like, that's gorgeous. Um, but once you watch it and realize this is talking about variants of the timeline, mm-hmm. and when you see the them basically switch through all of the different letters, so it's yeah, till they get to that, it's like, okay, now it actually contextually makes sense. It's a visualization of the fact that we are dealing with variant Lokis and variant timelines. Right. Did people not get that from the first trailer? I didn't. Oh. I mean, part of it might be that I'm already kind of pre... I'm already kind of wired to like weird-ass dimension and time travel hopping shit. Mm -hmm. For as much as I loathe the temporal Cold War and Star Trek Enterprise, I love weird time travel shit. Where you're like, here's the rules. (laughs) You know. Yep. Um, I see that Norm in the text box is uh, creating your title card right oh, now. I see that. I see. I I saw that. Um. um the one thing I hope we don't get in the mm-hmm. Loki movie, only because I will cry like a little baby, is I don't want an interpretation of Kieran Gillen's or Gillen, um when he wrote Journey into Mystery with Kid Loki, Mm -hmm. and at the end, Kid Loki was forced to grow up after he had died from, I think, the siege or whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. that crossover was, and that heartbreaking final issue where he's like, I don't want to grow up. I don't want to go back to what everyone thinks I am because that's not what I am. And Odin's two ravens are like, sorry. Like you knew this was coming. And it was literally, it was that same moment in Doctor Who when David Tennant's like, I'm not ready to go. Like mm-hmm. here's Kid Loki saying, I'm not, please don't do this to me. It's going to happen. I'm like, don't you do this to me, show. Don't uh, do this I, to me. I feel like that's entirely possible. Oh yeah, they're totally going to do it. I, I do appreciate how frequently Tom Hiddleston does the... I know. Come on. Oh. That every single time, like every other scene in the trailer, seems like it's him just going. Ah. I'm also convinced that Owen Wilson got that job because Tom Hiddleston does such a good Owen Wilson impersonation. <laughs> and you know, there's outtakes of, of of them just going off on Owen Wilson's own voice. Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! 
Wow. What are you saying that for? What are you saying that for? Wow. I'm also crazy excited for Owen Wilson's part. I don't even care what it is. Just, just, just the bit where he's like, you love to talk. Well, the second trailer, I, I would not do that. I've literally seen, I've got examples of you stabbing people 50 times in the back. You've literally stabbed people in the yeah. back. <laughs> I like that. I like you say that. It makes you sound smart. I am smart. Okay. Okay. It's like, yeah. oh, I know. Oh, I know. Okay. Like <laughs> you said, but you're still saying it. It sounds condescending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, Falcon and Winter Soldier, aka Damn. John Walker, chops a fucker's head off with freedom. <laughs> so much of that episode, like which you knew was coming, so much of it, and so yet much. to still have it displayed on screen was, yeah, like I I knew it was coming. Like, I haven't read those comics, and I knew that there's only one way this is going to go, and yet to still watch it happen. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I really am attached to that shield as a symbol. So the thesis that they have been putting forth in this show about how maybe we should not have idols is not off base. Uh, The thesis presented by Baron Zemo. Yes. But I do, I do like how he acknowledges when, when Sam says like, "But what about Steve Rogers?" And Zemo goes, "Touche." You know, yeah, there's always one. There's mm-hmm. always one who disproves the rule. But are you willing to bank the safety of the world, hoping you get the one? The one. I'm not, or Zemo is not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the fact that we are getting as much time having the three of them discuss things mm-hmm. is just as important as as it would have been to have them fighting in the field like i thought they were going to be fighting zemo the entire time having right. him integral in the group and having conversations about what is freedom what does this mean what does that mean right okay this is your point of view except that also oppresses these people and puts these people down and does this is that okay? You're the hero. You tell me. It's like, exactly. Yes, this is what we need. We need our heroes challenged. We need our villains to be thoughtful. Um, it's, it is still not the full conversation, but it is definitely more of it than I was expecting from this show. Yeah. Uh, I was not expecting them to spend as much time as they do talking about what it means to be a hero, what freedom means, what being a villain means, what, uh, like you're saying, finding that Steve Rogers in is a one in a billion. Is a one in a million. Yeah, it's it's a world of eight billion people. Mm-hmm. You got luck. Well, let's go back, whatever, when World War II happened. It's a world of three billion people. Mm-hmm. You got lucky. You found Steve Rogers. How many, St- and that's the whole thing about that's the point of Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the fluke, he's the paragon, but is also the anomaly when it comes to humanity. That's why we all love him, yeah. 
you know. Um, and it's like when they met, uh, when they met, uh, when Bucky and Sam had their confrontation with uh, Carly Morgenthau. Like, mm. you knew he was going to start to get to her and that, you know, John Walker was in a bucket. Like, you knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. as a plot point it still didn't stop it from being like god damn it they were this close to connecting with her like sam was connecting with her and even though you knew new cap was going to fuck it up it was still a bummer when it happened you know it, it was also important that it happened in the first place like sure the fact that they wanted to address this it's like yes we know that she's killed people we can still bring this back because the whole point of both Sam and Bucky, Bucky is a story of redemption. Sam is a story of healing. Yeah. Like that is his role. Mind you. I mean, Bucky is also redemption and tragedy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a long game, but like Steve Trevor slash Captain America, his greatest tragedy is he could never save Bucky. Mm-hmm. Once Bucky is brought back, the tragedy now becomes it's not that Cap couldn't have saved Bucky during World War II. It's that Bucky has been out there the whole time and Cap didn't know and he could have saved his best friend if he'd have known. So that's the new tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it was with uh with Sam, it's yeah, it's healing. Uh on multiple levels made even more impactful now that Sam knows that Isaiah existed, that there was a black Captain America. Mm-hmm. After Steve Rogers was frozen in ice, they tried to replicate it, and the whole fucking country did him wrong because he was a black man. So now Sam has to reconcile that with his own ideals and vision of how he sees Captain America. He doesn't blame Steve Rogers, but now he questions the symbol. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he is realizing, like, when he was talking with Carly and was saying, I, I agree with you, it's like, that's not bullshit. No. He, he wasn't, I, I need to tell you whatever you need to hear. It's like, no, he's also seen what she's seen and goes, okay, you're right. That yeah, is, he's, not, that's he's bullshit. not saying I agree with you to get her to put the gun down and surrender. Mm-mm. Sam legit agrees with her. Mm-hmm. And and wants to bring her in as, all right, you have brought up this problem. What do right. we do to solve it? What, yeah, what do we do to actually solve it? Yeah, he doesn't agree with her actions because Sam wants to protect life. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't, but he agrees with her, her thesis. Mm-hmm. He agrees with what she's fighting for, not how she's fighting it. Right. And, and that's a very important line. And also recognizes that the methods that she's taken are based in pain. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump really quick because it's in the text box. Uh, Bucky's reaction when the Dora Milaje removed his arm. I loved it. Uh, I, I had a reaction to it when we were watching, which was like, damn, that was, that was cold. And then the the more I think about it is like, I've seen people bring it up on Twitter. It's like, we need to address the fact that the damage, the potential damage that causes 
to Bucky's recovery because that simple that single act then told him that the people that were trying to heal him still don't trust him, which means does it it cast for him it could cast a shadow over his entire recovery. It could. <clears throat> My counter argument being that at his core, Bucky is still a soldier. Mm-hmm. And he knows on a rational level what was done to him. Mm-hmm. And deep down, he would have done the same thing. He would have also put a fail safe in himself. Mm-hmm. There is still like 60 years of deep programming that made him the most lethal assassin in the world. It's You, you couple that with his statement to Sam during their therapy session, which was... If Steve was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. And now he's getting the same thing from the Wakandans. He he is to an extent. They didn't take the arm. They just took it out of the equation. Mm-hmm. In fact, Ayoyo even says, leave it. They just took his most they took his most obvious weapon out of the equation. Bucky's still dangerous without that arm. Mm-hmm. He's still an incredibly trained fighter. It's I look at it in it's going to hurt him emotionally, but I think but I think he still gets it. Sure. I, I more so. more so than that conversation that he has with Sam. I think he still gets it. It's not to get like trucky on. It's the same reason why Data knows why he has an off switch. It's the same reason why Superman gave Batman kryptonite, saying like, shit could go south one day. I need someone I trust to stop me if it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's an argument that the that, that at least the Dora Milaje could have told him, hey, FYI, you have a fail safe that can be exploited. We're not telling you what it is, and it won't kill you. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take your most powerful weapon out of the equation. There's an argument for that, but I don't. I can't feel like deep down that like deep down Bucky's going to find it offensive that they built in a failsafe to turn off technology that they still technically own. Yes, it's theirs. As is that shield, which the, she also didn't care about. Leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's always the thing that. Like I am glad that I, I know going into this after that first episode, um, when the the U.S. government goes, "Oh, we're going to make a new Captain America. Here's your shield." It's like that that doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. That that shield actually belongs to Wakanda, right? Yeah. Um, and the Wakandans have not forgotten that. Right. There's also. There's some folks in the chat talking about how like the Dora Milaje don't trust Bucky. <clears throat> there's an argument to be made that that's not their job. Um, there's a line, I believe it's in... I think it's at the end of Civil War, or maybe it's an endgame, I don't quite remember, where T'Challa basically says, I don't blame Bucky. Zemo killed my father and did horrible damage to you. I can heal one of you. Mm. 
So T'Challa, in a way, has forgiven and trusts Bucky. That is not the Dora Milaje's job. No. Their job is to protect the king and the interests of Wakanda at all costs. It is not their job to have trust in Bucky. Mm-hmm. And to expect them to do it, I think is, you know, narratively unrealistic. It's like acting our it's like asking our secret service. I mean, that's what it is. They are they are loyal to the crown, to the symbol of of the of the king, mm-hmm. the reader of Wakanda, Wakanda. Don't ask them to have a leap of faith of this one-time deep state programmed assassin who has Wakandan technology in his arm to not go against them. That's the, that is the role of diplomats. Mm-hmm. They are the They're scalpel. That is, they are the scalpel that has been sent out to cut the cancer out. Mm-hmm. Don't ask them how they're going to do it. Cause they're going to fucking do of it. A vibranium scalpel. A vibranium scalpel. Yeah. That's their job. Mm-hmm. Their job is to remove the threat to their people period not their job to trust him they can respect him mm-hmm. like, i think they do you know and, and, and i'm sure at the end of all this when he goes back to wakanda and hangs out he's gonna have drinks with oyo and be like that was a hell of a move and she's like thank you like they're gonna in my mind they're gonna toss back beers over this later on <laughs> when hmm. they're both kind of off duty as it were but in that moment, they don't owe him a... No. They don't. They don't owe it to him. Not their job. And they still chose the the route of, we're going to, sorry for the obvious pun, disarm him yeah. instead of kill him. Because yeah. they came there for uh, Zemo. And Walker's the one that stepped in it. Yep. Oh, Walker, they weren't even super soldiers. No, they're the finest trained warriors on the planet. You know what? Deal with it. <laughs> finest trained warriors on the planet who also now have veterans of intergalactic war under their belt. Yes. They have and, literally fought against the apocalypse. And are technically Avengers. Yes. All these things. Everyone in that fight in Endgame is an Avenger. Yes. If you heard Captain America say Avengers assemble, you're an, you're Avenger. an Avenger. Yes. And are quite possibly at this moment, even though it's not been admitted yet, are probably dealing with some shit from some dude named Namor. Probably. But that's possibly. a whole possibly. Yeah. Um fucking norm. Vibranium scalpel is the name of my all Spanish guitar Marvin Gaye cover band. That's not bad. I think we're the, like, aside from all that, I think that the big thing to talk about with Winter Soldier now, uh, or Falcon Winter Soldier now, is definitely the whole arc of John Walker and what happened. Yeah. Because this was a hell of an episode. Even the way that part was shot when he kills that guy, mm-hmm. like the camera angle, all of it. It's meant to be vicious and awful. It was uncomfortable. It yeah. was very uncomfortable to watch that occur. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm watching a piece of fiction. Yeah, okay. no, it's nope. 
to see that shield do that. And even though this is a new cap suit, it's still a Captain America suit. To watch that happen, yeah, is very, very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and very not right. I think it's also important that we never saw, um, we never saw John take the serum. Right. Well, because we saw him pick it up. We saw him pick it up. But we not never take see, it. Yeah. We we don't see him take it because that is. We see it with Cap because that's the whole point of the the movie. But we don't see it with John because he's ashamed. He's ashamed that that was the direction that he had to go. Yeah, because he's been told you're as good as Steve. Mm-hmm. That's and why, like, I can't, I can't bring myself to hate John Walker. I don't. I don't hate John Walker. I, I, I really I, don't. I pity him, but I don't hate him. Mm-hmm. I can be like, ah, oh, goddamn it! Why are you doing that, asshole? But I can still not hate him. To hate him is to hate the part of yourself that would do the similar things. Sure. Which would be if you are, if you are that person, and you were thrust, have that mantle thrust upon you, and then the second you're in the field, you are met with failure after failure after failure after failure. And you are given a golden ticket. What Mm -hmm. do you do? Right. Not only just failure, but multiple times you try to reach out to the two people that knew the guy you're trying to emulate so well. Mm -hmm. And your initial first contacts with them are like, hey, let's work together. I know I'm not Steve but maybe we can work together. And Bucky and Sam are both basically being like, oh, fuck off. You're not Steve. And, you know, he's like, John's like, I know I'm not, but, and, and, they, and they're gone. They just ghost him. Mm-hmm. So he's getting, he's getting rejection from people he thought, I would argue rightly, at least in his own mind, he thought would at least be willing to talk to him. Yes, it's an incorrect belief. Yeah. Because that is not objectively looking at the situation going, oh, wait. Like, right. he, he doesn't have the information of, no, what you're wearing is the mantle that Steve gave to Sam. Right. He And he, yeah, he doesn't know. And Sam, like, there, there's a reason Sam went, no, this belongs in a museum. Yeah that's where the memory of Captain America belongs so that no one can taint it. And the government, yep, we agree. I mean, here you go. Yeah. Um, John, John's problem is he, and I, I think it's specifically written this way. He is expecting a level of respect that he has done nothing to earn. Yeah. In um, in this particular role, he's done nothing to earn it. He's done things to earn it in, um, like he's a highly dec- decorated officer already. He's done things to earn respect. He's done nothing to earn anyone's respect as Captain America. Right. The one thing that he's done that is now televised, caught on film, is nothing that can be respected. Yeah. Aren't you? Well, 
not by the public at large, but mm-hmm. by the people. No, you're right. <clears throat> I guess what I'm trying to say is that like John Walker is also a product of his era. Mm-hmm. And it's not said outright, but it's very much implied. John Walker is a man who came of age. Because he's what? Late 20s, early 30s? The character's meant to be. So he is a character who came of age. Not to get super deep. He's a character who came of age watching the Twin Towers go down. Mm -hmm. And feeling this righteous call and a real shift in global politics and how America, at least to the public perception, flexes its military and political might and almost deifies military service. Mm-hmm. So he's a product of that. So when he's given the highest honor, and that is given the mantle of Captain America, he doesn't understand how even Cap's closest friends cannot embrace him. Mm-hmm. Because from his mind, he's like, I've done everything this country has asked me to do. Mm-hmm. The training, the schooling, the fighting, I have done it all. And I'm still not good enough for you? Mm-mm. How dare you? Which is why I can't hate him. Yeah. It's... We have created, we, the collective we as a culture, as an mm-hmm. American culture, created John Walker. He is our cap. We made him. And and as far as people outside the U.S. see, we are John Walker. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Which is exactly what the care is supposed to be. He is, he is a criticism of modern America. Yeah. It's like, yep. And Wyatt Russell's killing it, by the way. He's so good. I want to buy that man a drink. I really do. Um, I, quick, hold on. After, oh, go ahead. Quick sidebar. I want to ask you, Cable, knowing how much you care about this movie, if they were to do a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China, could you, do you think Wyatt could play Jack Burton's son, who has no idea what his dad once did, but is now being pulled into it? I kind of want to watch that movie where he's like, Jesus, dad, are you serious? Yes, I would watch that. I, yeah. I, you know, it just popped I in really my head would. and I was like, Oh, you know what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where the whole, whatever world that knows what happened in Chinatown that time have deified Jack Burton but to Jack's kid, he's just this alcoholic that was never around for him. And all of a sudden, he's being given the keys to like the six demon, whatever. And he's like, Six demon bag. What is, what? No, my dad was a beer swilling asshole who was never home, just in his stupid truck. He left his truck more than me. He saved the world once. Bullshit. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other. Damn, now you and I should talk more about this off camera. Yeah, I think we should. That yeah, we should. Okay, that was a... Huh. Huh. And you just get Wyatt Russell to do it. Yeah. I, I don't know if he'd I want to. I think you would. I think you would. I don't know. Um, hey, get Kurt Russell to play old Jack, old drunk Jack Burton. 
You can get Kim Cantrell back. You can get damn near everyone back who needed to be back, even for just yeah. a cameo. Dennis Dunn, you could get him. Yeah, you couldn't get Egg because unfortunately he passed. No. Um, I know two of the th- three storms are still alive. All right, you and I should. Yeah. Okay. We will have socially distanced porch drinks and just I'll bring a mm-hmm. notepad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we will write the sequel to Big Trouble in Little China. That sounds great. Great. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I was going to say now. Oh. And the back chat to our conversation that. last week where we were talking about uh, toxic fandom. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, I saw Pat Oswalt make commentary about um, Falcon and Winter Soldier in this particular episode and uh, how he was r- real proud of Wyatt Russell and what he was bringing to John Walker. And the thread, the Twitter thread underneath that was nothing but positive remarks for Wyatt Russell and his portrayal of John Walker. There nice. was not a shitty comment about, oh, I hate this new cap. It was like, oh, man, the things he's doing with John Walker. It's like, I really like, man, this character is complex or I have strong feelings against him. But Wyatt Russell, it's fantastic. He's doing a great job. It's like, thank you, Pat Oswalt fans, for mm-hmm. getting it. Yeah. And participating, actively participating actively participating in the conversation in a way that actually brings the conversation up rather than shits all over an actor for doing the job that they were paid to do 100% yeah so like that that made me feel really good especially after our conversation last week where it's like guys don't do this Oh, oh look it's it's fandom not doing the thing that's awesome right yeah that's true so we've got two episodes left. There's a lot to cover in two episodes still. Yeah. Even from an emotional stance. Um, I hope they surprise me. And by that I mean oh, this is getting me yelled at. I hope they surprise me, and that I mean I hope neither Falcon or the Winter Soldier get the shield. I kind of like the idea of one of the statements this show makes is that the symbolism of the shield has been corrupted and we can't use the shield for a while. We just can't. I, I don't think that's the direction they're going to go. They're not. I don't think they are, but I think that's a narrative twist that I personally would think pretty gutsy to pull off in that that even your greatest symbolism of goodness can become corrupted if you are willing to let it happen mm-hmm. out of a sense of, out of a desire for security. I don't know how they're going to pull it off in two episodes. It's um, a lot. Even if they're, I, even if they're hour episode, that's a lot. Yeah. I, a I lot. feel as though that the direction that they want to go is to put the shield back in Sam's hand. And it will have to be after an act that Sam has done that stays true to his values, stays true, stays true to the memory of what Steve Rogers was as Captain America and redeems the symbol and gives, gives rise to a new level of hope. Yeah. Or it's... Which sounds saccharine, but is necessary. 
like the, the wording that they are using in, in these episodes uh, is especially hitting this last episode every time they reference the blip and how people are trying to recover from it and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're just trying to get back to their lives i'm like this is every conversation everyone has about the COVID 19 pandemic mm-hmm. so it's it is definitely and it's not dissimilar to a lot of the discussion in the background of WandaVision. Right. People have really, um, they're tapping into what is going on with people right now. Yeah. I mean, maybe the message that comes out is that to the world through either Sam or, or Bucky, the shield the shield mm-hmm. has its redemptive moment, but then to the world, it's destroyed. Like it, it symbolically gives up its life to make the world a better place. But that Sam has it, mm-hmm. he doesn't hide it. He gives it to Isaiah and says, this belongs to you. Like you're the only one who should actually have this, which even from a, 10 years down the road narrative start, you know, storytelling point, let's Isaiah give it to his grandson who will become Patriot one day. Right. That gives you, that gives you that moment in the young Avengers movie when Patriot goes and holds up a shield and the, and the nerds lose their mind mm-hmm. and the racists lose their mind because then we have actually a black captain America, <laughs> like on screen in the costume. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's something that I like the idea of Sam giving the shield to Isaiah and saying, you should have this. There's some merit to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want Chris Evans to come back as old Steve. I just want a scene with him and I, even if it's the last scene of the show where they just, they start to pull back and fade out of Steve Rogers showing up at Isaiah's house and saying, I didn't know. That's as simple as it is. It's let's get a fucking coffee and just let it out, <laughs> you know, and then just pull back. Because I, I, if Steve knows this, it breaks his heart. It crushes mm-hmm. Steve Rogers. It fucking crushes him. That's the most damage you could ever do to Steve Rogers to find out that the mantle of Captain America was used in such a way that kills him. And he'd have to make it right, at least for his own conscience. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel like that is a ten to one odds dark horse in the race of how they finish the series, but possible. Yeah. I also like how every so often Kang will just appear through your background. Kang, yes, would be awesome. No, it, on your poster. He just every so often oh. blips into the. Sorry, because I'm thinking you meant Kang the Conqueror, and I'm like, wait, has there been an appearance of Kang in the background? And I fucking oh, God, missed no. it. Why didn't you open with that, sir? But yeah, no. Because I I know how to bury a lead and when to bury a lead. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we got two more episodes. We got to wrap up the show here. We got two more episodes to go. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work to do. I think that's true of America too. There's still a lot of work to. Do. 
do. And we got two episodes left. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to give a, a shout out to Lamar, aka Battlestar. Um, mm-hmm. The way it, the character was performed and the way he was written was Great fantastic work. because Great work. I watched it you know, from his inception all the way through. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're, you're dead. Like you were getting killed. Yeah. And it's going to be the thing that triggers Walker. But based on reactions of other people, I'm like, it was written in such a way that I saw that, but it was also easily seen as like, oh, this is a great character. I'm really going to enjoy this. And I didn't see that coming. Yeah. It surprised so many people. And I'm like, that's fantastic. It took me to about episode, probably about halfway through episode two when I was like, oh, Battlestar's not surviving this. Yep. Which has to be because he's becoming the moral compass to John Walker. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly important that when Sam made the comment, it's like, I want to talk to her. I want to work this out. Lamar's immediate Lamar went back. Sam's play. Sam's mm-hmm. right. Let's do what Sam said. Yeah. He knew. And, and it, it also has crossed that line of like, I know you're my partner and you're my commanding officer. But this <coughs> man is right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I thought it was very important because it, it was black men supporting black men. Yeah. On screen. That, and being right. Yes. But it, it needed to be on screen that way. It's like, yeah. yep. Yep. Yeah. Like, like you said, my, you know, yeah. I, I, I didn't take me long to realize that Battlestar wasn't surviving the series. Mm hmm. And that's not to be all like, you know, oh, they got to, you know, they got to kill the, the black person on screen. Like they didn't have, I feel like it wouldn't have, I'm going to just dig myself into a hole here. As a character, Battlestar was destined to die. Yes. The, I mean. He's created he, to die for this show. Like that's why the character is created. He was created to die in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what happened to him. Yeah, um, like he but went the way from, the actor performed mm-hmm. that role and plays a key moral compass is very important. Yeah, and how John grossly misinterprets and reacts to his friend's death is mm-hmm. also equally important. Because you could imagine Battlestar being like, "Like, no, don't fucking do that! Like, don't do what they think you're gonna." T- oh, you did it. Mm-hmm. Did you remember nothing of all of our time when we've served together? Yep. And of course, if John had just told him, hey, I took this, I took the serum, or I've got the serum, I'm going to take it. Maybe he wouldn't have readily jumped in front yep. of a an attack that John, super soldier John, would have survived. Yeah. But that, you know, that tells you everything you needed to know about Lamar as well. It's like, no, nope, he was... He was. He the had to protect the symbol. Yep. Yeah. He knew what his job was. He could argue. You could argue he knew the importance of the symbol more than John did. Which would have made him a better Captain America. One hundred percent. Yeah. But America can't have a black Captain America. You know Gross. that that seems to be the the lesson is maybe we should. Which is why I. Which is why I think the show is going to end the way it's going to end. At least mm-hmm. I hope. I we'll think see. that's 
that's a moderately hopeful place to end the episode. I think so. Yeah. So with that, I'm Aaron Duran. And I'm Cable Hashitani. And I believe that next week we will have the return of Denise. Yeah. Uh, just in time for Cable's second shot. Yes, I will be. And then coming... the week after that in time for my second shot. Man. So this could be a month of like just two hosts. Could be. But we'll be vaccinated. I, I'm like, I'm being vaccinated hours before the show, so it'll be fine. Oh, you actually will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm being vaccinated 24 hours for the show. So let's see what happens. 24 hours, hours to go. go. I'm gonna get. Gonna get vaccinated. Good night. I mean, I got her a dock so she can also jack it into the TV so I can at least watch while she's playing. Sorry, I didn't hear Doc at first. I heard I got her a dog, and I was like, and then I was like, well, yeah, dogs are fun. And then it was like, so he could, she could plug it in and never see it. I could watch it too. I'm like, what do you guys do to your dog? <laughs> like, I know that like she like is big on the cyberpunk aesthetic, but don't plug a video game into Irma. That's not how it works. Uh, yeah, you know, cyber dog, cyber dog, cyber dog does whatever a cyber dog can. Yep. Well, I'm going to isolate this and I'm going to end the show with that at the very end after the sound effects and stuff. That'll be great. Don't plug in Irma. All right. <clears throat> Lion face, lemon face. All right. Going to hit the lives. This is what happens when there's no Denise around to keep us like on task. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm going live right now. I wish I knew... When it actually was screen capping. La la la. La 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 la. Hey, there it is.